there, campers. While we're gathering around the campfire, we just want to let you know we are not what you would call experts. What we do have is a love for researching and discussing the lore of cryptids, creatures, and an occasional spooky woman that can eat our soul. So if you are in need of immediate help with the chupacabra in your yard, please consult someone else. Also, this podcast isn't for kids. These campfire stories can contain graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for young campers. Solicitor discretion is advised. co-host ryan hey guys welcome back to loring our folklore podcast where we tell you the stories and legends of different lore from around the world one day i'm gonna figure out like a sign dance thing to do as you say that so all of our patreon listeners can (laughs) see me white girl it in the background Mm -hmm. (sighs) just like to point out i got it on the first try i know the listeners only hear it once, but <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. Thank we, you. We sometimes, it sometimes <laughs> takes a minute, <laughs> but it's, it's just us warming up our voices. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, let's do this. Ryan, do you want to tell me what you find alluring this week? Oh, oh yeah. So your boys fully vaccinated. Got that got that Moderna pumping through the veins. Finally got to go back to the movies. Um, unfortunately, that movie was Mortal Kombat. But <laughs> <laughs> that being said, it was still fun to get like popcorn and a drink and like sit in a theater again. Because that's my favorite thing in the world. And I haven't been to a movie since like 2019. Well... You know, the great thing is that's the only time you can see a kind of trash movie. Exactly. It's because the joy of everything else mm-hmm. overcomes. Yeah, ten, one out of ten movie, <laughs> ten out of ten experience. <laughs> what does... Okay, I have to know what Rotten Tomato says about Mortal Kombat oh, real quick. Nothing good. <laughs> I like... Uh, I don't know. I like my fighter games, but I like them sexy, not gory. Ooh, yeah. okay. Okay, so the audience, a lot of the audience loves it. It's like 86 right now. See, But critics are like 50. I, I think it's an 86 for the exact same reason we just talked about. Of like People are like, yes, I'm back at the theaters. Like, what a great yeah. movie I just saw. <laughs> Ignoring everything like, terrible about amazing. it. <laughs> They're like, this this is art. Um, so I'll say for our Loring thing, um, Ed and I went to the movies and we saw um, Demon Slayer and that was a good one. Have So 
I don't I don't know how much into anime you are. Right? I, I don't watch a whole lot of it, but I know about a okay. lot of it and I'm familiar with Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer is a really good one and we went and we watched it and I ugly cried, which is oh. always a good sign mm-hmm. of a great film. Cause like I'll cry. I cry at everything. But to like get me to ugly cry, it was it was the worst. I forgot in theaters when I cry, I have to like be quiet because it was like this quiet scene, like the plot, like the climax of the plot just happened. And I just went like out loud. And Edgar just looked at me and he's like, You okay? I'm like, I'm fine. And I like have my glasses on. I'm trying to like wipe my tears under my glasses. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> and I was like, I'm a mess. I'm a mess. So I miss the theater as well, but I don't miss, miss crying in the theater. Being able to sit judgment free on your couch instead of in front of a hundred strangers. I know, and I'm like, I'm not a quiet crier. I'm like, like it's always like when it gets quiet. I'm like sniffly. <laughs> and I'm like. Ugh. Like trying not to. So, oh uh, well. Uh, okay, I I just totally rode your boat on what is alluring. Oh, that's fine. The movies are very alluring, and it's a great time to be alive. Uh, theaters are great. Did you get popcorn too? Oh yeah, I, I, too much popcorn, I'd say. Same. I like. I haven't had pop like movie theater popcorn like before when we were able to. I just never liked it, and I this last time I went, I was like, "Wow, movie theater popcorn's the best thing yeah. I've ever had in my life." Yeah, it, and then I got sick after because I my body mm-hmm. could not handle it. Yeah, but I had a moment where I understood. AMC <laughs> movie theater popcorn is my favorite snack, like in the world. I I, <laughs> I have definitely gone and just bought popcorn and have not seen a movie. Just brought it home. <laughs> No shame. So is that you? Is that you telling people to mail us? Yeah, AMC yeah. Popcorn? So if you if you have any AMC uh, like gift certificates that you can't use, hit me up. <laughs> Even if it's one dollar, mm-hmm. it adds up. It adds up Just eventually. Send them to write. Yeah, popcorn's what like fifteen bucks, so a dollar at a time. <laughs> that's how that's how we make it. <laughs> right. Well, you want to jump into your story? Hell yeah, I do. episode we are doing themed episodes for a lot of them and this week we're talking about tiny and tough creatures in folklore so starting with mine (coughs) so have you noticed a cleaner home lately but you haven't picked up a broom in a few weeks maybe the cake you left out seems a little bit smaller than you last left it Or maybe you felt that you have been losing or misplacing things around the home. Well, if that's the case, there may be a hardworking creature that is responsible for all of it, hiding it somewhere in your home, or they're hiding in a forest nearby. This week, I will be talking about brownies. 
And since there are so many different types of brownies all over the world, and they all go by different names, and this is like we try to make it at max an hour show each episode, we will be talking about Scottish folklore surrounding brownies. So, I don't know. Do you know a lot about? Uh, I'm pretty familiar with like fudge brownies, maybe like peanut butter brownies. <laughs> um, about three fifty, twenty minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you always gotta like hit the pan mm-hmm. a little. Oh yeah, yeah. Tap, tap it around a little. Yeah, that's that's my that's well, you... the extent of my knowledge about brownies. Well, you don't want to tap these brownies um, <laughs> for many reasons. So the brownies appear as short and thick brown skinned creatures covered in a variety of hair and they vary a bit in size. So the earliest account of brownies suggests they were the same size as a human, but as time went on, they were described as small creatures about a foot tall. These tiny creatures also have large coal black eyes, pointed ears with visible wrinkles, and short curly brown hair. Uh, Brownies are typically men, but on the off chance you do see a female brownie, you will be in for a fright. Their ugly appearance has only been described as terrifying and unsettling for humans who witness it. (laughs) And then along with their more grungy appearance, they're also known for wearing very simplistic clothing considered of worn out rags and various earth tones or a white tunic. And some even dislike clothes so much they choose to walk around in the nude. Nice. So that's their appearance. And now their personality. Brownies are kind, hardworking creatures that search for a home they can live in and show their appreciation by cleaning and doing chores. Since they are kind-hearted creatures, they want to live with someone who will appreciate them, so they will explore a village until they find the home of a good, humble, and honest person. However, these bastards are easily offended. (laughs) If they feel their work is going unnoticed or they are underappreciated, they will never come back to your home. Wow. So, I have made... A fun little list of how to offend a brownie and have them leave your house. (laughs) So the first one is misuse or take advantage of them. Uh, There are stories of owners who have discovered brownies lurking in their home. And since brownies are hard workers and they clean and do chores and all this stuff, they would fire the household servants to get free work out of the brownies. But since the brownies don't like to be taken advantage of, they would pull pranks and make messes until the owners of the home would hire the workers again. So good for them. They're good guys. Yeah. Right? They would be in charge of a union. Yeah, is kind that's, of that's what, what I, I was thinking. No scabs here. <laughs> no scabs here. <laughs> and then... So there's also stories that suggest if they aren't being appreciated by people or if the owners of the home stop believing in them, they will disappear completely or leave to the fairyland, which I don't know a lot about, but I assume it's a land of fairies. Sounds nice. So, but the next thing is do not criticize or laugh at their work. And this includes 
nitpicking <laughs> their work or how they clean different areas of the house. <laughs> so like when you're about to do the dishes or you do the dishes and your parents come and they're like, you should have done them this way. And then you don't want to do it. <laughs> That's I, a way yeah. to offend a brownie. This is hands down the most relatable creature we've ever talked about. <laughs> like every, every one of these. I, it, it gets better. It's like, you know what? There's two. You may not, you may be like, nah. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> so the next one is, you refer to any gift you place out for them as a payment for their hard work. They don't want your money. They want your gratitude, which is nice. That is trade workers dreams right there. So gratitude doesn't pay the bills. That's true. <laughs> pay your artist. Hashtag pay your artist. <laughs> pay your artist. Okay. Anyway, it's fine. I'm not passionate about that or anything. <laughs> Um, the next one, really interesting. You try and give them some clothes. Because you look at these little creatures, you're like, ah, you know what, buddy? I'm going to make you look fly. AF. And they don't want that. Um, the, they just don't want your clothes. And there was one brownie that was gifted clothing. And out of anger, he shouted, Red Brakes and ruffled skark, you know, get me to your walk. Wow, that voice was way better Nailed than it. I thought it was going to be. I thought there was a brownie here for a minute. <laughs> you turned around. I mm -hmm. saw you turn around in your chair. <laughs> but they just, I don't know. They have their style. Don't change them. They're here to work and have a good time. And then the next thing is do not get a pet cat. They do not like cats and they won't clean your home if you have one. They're probably worried so, about getting eaten. <laughs> yes, that's exactly why they don't like because cats will like kind of poke fun at them and because it's a cat. Mm -hmm. Cats are curious, you know, they just don't want to deal with it respectfully, you know, <laughs> like I love I love me a kitty. But if I was a foot tall and I was cleaning, I would not. Not so much. It just makes it. No, no, no. Um, and like everything, the Catholics have to get in on this. So you try to baptize them or you trick them into being baptized. Mm -hmm. Consent is consent. Exactly. <laughs> and then the last one is if you're a liar, a prankster, an immoral person, a murderer, or just plain evil, they don't want your bad energy. Fair. <laughs> So if you click on the next slide, <laughs> brownies are jerks and they can be malicious. And you can see from this photo that he has tripped this guy with a sure rake down the stairs. And he has a smug little smile on his face as the dude is falling in pain. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Just makes me look. I, I saw that and I was like, there's no way. I was like, I looked at it a little confused. I'm like, is he being rude? He's laughing. <laughs> and yeah, he's having a great day. This is just a fun Saturday for him. <laughs> so brownies can become malicious. And if they notice someone, so an individual in the home is a liar, a murderer, or just being a dick, 
They will go out of their way to steal things from them, mess up the home, or just prank them constantly. They will also punish lazy household servants by causing mischief, pinching them in their sleep, or breaking objects around them. <laughs> they also hate, 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 hate being referred to as fairies and may physically harm someone if they call them a fairy. Wow. <laughs> and then finally, uh, because I find this to be adorable, brownies are quite social with one another. So they will actually have family reunions and meet with other brownies or fairies and they will gather in desolate areas near rocks. So if someone comes and pops out, let's see human, they can hide really quickly. So that's a little bit about their personalities. I feel like they're very like human, like a person that just wants respect. Yeah, yeah they, they're... Like I said, they're definitely the most relatable of the, like, fairy creatures we've gone up against. Oh, not fairies, though, so I don't want I don't not want to get beat out by a brownie. <laughs> There's a little one in your house mm-hmm. that just pops up behind you another... and, like, squints yeah. <laughs> and does, like, the eye thing and sulks back down. <laughs> I've noticed a trend over these past few months of fairy tale and, like, creatures pinching people (laughs) really like pinching seems to be like one of the like quintessential like mischief maker like chloricons had pinching (laughs) um that's the only one that comes but it, it just seems like it always comes back to pinching people and i don't know when like pinching died off but i can't tell you the last time i've been pinched I think it's a kid thing. I think it's a very, like, childish act to pinch. Because when you pinch a person as an adult, you're like, why the (laughs) hell did you pinch me? Exactly. You know? It's like, were you trying to, like, goose me, but you missed or something? (laughs) Like, it's... But as a child, you pinch because you want to be a jerk a little, you know? Hmm. But you don't want to, like, stab or punch a person. I think it's, like violence without violence that makes sense it's mischief <laughs> yes plus it'd be funny to imagine someone starting a fight by pinching another exactly. person you can't start a fight by pinching like, another call me person. a fairy just, just like <laughs> start pinching them <laughs> oh I, I didn't even realize oh well that's fantastic <laughs> well let me tell you about the history of these creatures so the earliest English reference of these kind-hearted creatures came from 1513, but it's assumed that brownies have been around for much longer due to the early Scottish ballads that would refer to them as the wee brown men. It wasn't until the 16th century in Scottish lowlands and along the English border did they start to be called brownies. So there's another little delightful picture of the brownie sweeping and the cleaning and they're they're so interesting because they like seem to be described to have like longer limbs too Mm -hmm. and you'll notice that looking at the artwork so what are brownies well brownies are regarded to be distinct and different from fairies but they are there are many many differences between the two brownies are kind and harmless unless angered 
and typically dwell alongside humans. Fairies, on the other hand, are full of tricks and can be very dangerous with no motives at all. Fairies also choose to avoid humans and live in the wilderness. And finally, brownies are more solo creatures, where fairies are found typically in groups. So, brownies get called fairies a lot, but they're not. <laughs> and there's, it's really interesting. So, I'll go into why. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm so excited. <laughs> I wanted to talk about this for so long, you guys. So, it's surprising that brownies are compared to fairies so much when their personalities are more closely tied with elves and spirits. So around the 17th century in Scotland, brownies were sometimes regarded as a ghost or a creature associated with the dead, which is where the idea of it being a spirit came from. They were described as domestic tolterlary. I didn't look up. I normally put how to say the word next to the word and I fucked up and I didn't put that there. <laughs> so tutelary spirits which are very similar to lairs a protective spirit of ancestors who passed away in roman traditions so since brownies and lairs both devote themselves to serving members of the household dress in rags request offerings and live in solitude the idea of a brownie being a spirit was popularized because there are so many connections and then this idea of them being a tiny spirit, because Lars are bigger like people, people start to miscategorize them as fairies, which makes sense. You know, it's just the un non-understanding of it. And then, of course, Christianity has affected how people view brownies. So during the time of Kings James the seventh is V I seven V I six 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 King J James the six, and if we are wrong, you can feel right at home and that you are the correct. Because I V would be four, V is five, V I would be six. Okay, that's why I was getting confuzzled. Okay, so during the time of King. Javs the Six, he described them as demons in his 1597 Demunalugie. No, oh my god, that's the word. I am, wow, I even put how to say it <laughs> right here. <laughs> I'd just like to point out the script says Demunalugie. <laughs> Oh my god! I got it in my head. It's that's okay. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Ryan didn't know when he was signing up to be a co-host. He was signing up to check <laughs> my. I'm just here to fact check and read Roman numerals. <laughs> he also has my show notes up just to help me. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so regarding. Regardless of what a brownie is categorized under, it's clear they're not fairies, elves, demons, or spirits, but they are just brownies. So don't call them don't fairies if you've learned anything. Show up. <laughs> Unless you want to start a fight. And they're going to pinch you. <laughs> That's the sound of them mm -hmm. pinching. <laughs> 
So let's talk about the legend. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, so time of the lore surrounding these creatures, brownies bring brownies are known to bring household prosperity to the homes or farms they inhabit. It. Wherever these creatures reside, they will perform a variety of chores and help with housework. So they do almost everything imaginable from domestic tasks of weaving, sweeping, dishes, churning butter. If you're still doing that, they'll do that and much more. And they will do all of these tasks at night. And that's because they don't like to be seen or to socialize with humans. They're not about it. So if you're hearing strange noises at night, it's probably a brownie being a busy little bee. So if you click, there's a cute, that's a cute little picture no. of a brownie feeding a horse. And I just found it quite charming. Yeah. And that horse just seems super chill with mm -hmm. him too, which I would be terrified if a little human came up to me at night. Well, but... humans are probably little to a horse, you know. Oh, that's a f yeah, that's so actually like, fair this is just a even more little person. They're like he's like oh they come in mini versions. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, come look at this. <laughs> so brownies in your home. So now after hearing about what a brownie is, I bet you are wondering how to have one come visit your home. Well, I got a handy dandy list of how to welcome one with open arms. The first is leave out a treat. They love milk, honey, porridge, cake, and of course, ale. Because who doesn't love a good ale? And then the next one is know they are motivated by personal friendships and fancies. So be genuine with them. Brownies love to develop a strong friendship with the people who reside in the home. Proof of this is that there's a tale of a brownie from Blaquem that fetched the midwife when the lady of the house went into labor. And I love that visual of never seeing a brownie until the lady of the house goes into labor and you're the midwife and you turn to see this little creature like, um, is she coming? Something starts pinching your leg and you're like, what the heck is that? You look down, little brownie. And the fact that the child isn't born yet, you would be like, well, it can't be the child. Yeah, and you look down. Oh. <laughs> and, and then finally, give them a place to relax, a.k.a. the brownie sway. Nice. So the brownie sway is equivalent to the value of that one chair your father or grandpa loves, <laughs> no matter how awful or old or terrible it is kind of thing. So traditionally, the pot hook that was used to hang pots over the fireplace in the 19th century was referred to as the brownie seat. So in Herefordshire, Herefordshire, there we go. If a hood didn't have a crook on it, people would hang a horseshoe upside down on it. So the brownie would have a place to sit. It's adorable. Pure, and I love it. And now, if you follow these steps, a brownie does decide to live in your home. It's important to know they will stay in an unused part of your home. So they'll be in an attic, a cellar, a hidden room, or an outdoor shed. And it will also spend their nights near a fireplace since they love to get cozy. So let them have their little space. Yeah. They work hard. They, they nap room. even harder. Who, who 
who doesn't sure. words to live by <laughs> work hard nap harder <laughs> and then the final part of my story is i have some sightings and stories of these glorious little creatures so i have four of them and they're all fairly short but i love it because it shows all the different kinds of personalities so the first one is in oh um i didn't look up all the words for this story even though i read it like over it three times it's fine in stanton on way at poor way inn a brownie was known for stealing the family's keys so the only way the family could retrieve these keys was to sit around the fireplace and set out a piece of cake as an offering to the brownie the family would then sit there and close their eyes being absolutely silent as they waited then the brownie appeased by the offer would take some cake and hurl the missing keys from behind the family. <laughs> Not gently lay it where the plate was. He just runs out and just, yeah, throws the key on the way out. I like to imagine he makes that sound you just did. I love it. <laughs> so I love that one. Because <laughs> it's just, imagine working at the inn on your first day. You're like, where'd the keys go? And they're like, oh, the brownie takes so you it. You got to bake like, a cake. <laughs> You're like, listen, there's a whole procedure. It's page seven yeah. of the employer handbook. Put on your helmet, <laughs> make some read. cake, close your eyes, <laughs> hope for the best. I love that so much, though. Okay, so the next one is about Brownie at Cronshaw in Berwickshire. And it was known to moan and thrash the grains for years. And one day... A human commented that the grains had been poorly moulded and stacked. The brownie heard that and took great offense to it since he worked so hard. Yeah. Why you gotta criticize yeah, his work guy. after all these years? Right? So that night, he carried all the grains two miles down the way to Raven Craig and hurled it off the hill. The best part is as he hurled it off the hill, he muttered the following. <laughs> Let me see if I can do this again. It's not well mowed. It's not well mowed. There it's near be mowed by me again. I scatter it toward the raven stand and I'll have some worky to mowed again. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's so I thought rough. there was a brownie here for a minute. <laughs> Did you hear the grains being thrown over the hillside? <laughs> But I thought that was very funny because he was like, fine, I'll take my hard work and toss no it. No one gets And grain. now they don't. Yep. I don't like what I'm doing. Then no one gets it. So he's a petty mm -hmm. one. And I respect that because you got to know what you're exactly. about. And then, and then the next one, this one is interesting because it's actually about naming a brownie. So the brownie of Almore Bird near Pitlochry in Perthshire was known to play around in the water all day and during the evening. When he was done, he'd walk around the farm with his wet feet splashing and leaving a trail. If anything was untidy, he would put it in order, but if it was tidy, he would make it a mess. The people in the area weren't too fond of this brownie and actually feared him, resulting in locals avoiding the roads leading to the waters at night. 
then, one evening, a man returning from the market heard splashes and called out to him, addressing him as Puddlefoot. <laughs> well, the brownie wasn't too keen on this and exclaimed in horror, I've got a name, tis Puddlefoot, they call me. And he vanished, never to be heard of again. <laughs> I really did not like that name, I guess. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be called Puddlefoot. There's worse names. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cool, you know. He could have owned it. Yeah. He could have made it his thing. It could have been his brand identity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, finally, one of my favorites is the response a brownie had to being offered a gift, and this gift was actually clothes. So I thought this was super interesting. So the owners of the household noticed how hard the brownie worked and considered him to be a close friend. He's worked there for years and they wanted to show their appreciation for him. So they gifted him some clothes. Typically, when you give clothes to a brownie, they're not happy campers. But the brownie of Claude Laud of Hilton was so thankful when he received the clothes from the owners of the home he sang the following upon receiving his gift. Hoss me, swass me, the acorn not yet fallen from the tree. That's to grow in the woods. That's to make the cradle. That's to rock the barren. That's to grow a man. That's to lay to me. And after taking his gift, he vanished as happy as can be, never to be seen from the household again. So that's... What it's so that's like the Scottish folklore surrounding brownies. So remember, kids, if you want to keep a brownie around, don't be a dick, appreciate them, and don't forget to never give them new clothes because, happy or not, they will disappear forever. And that's my life. Kind of sucks, you know. You're like, man, this guy's great. You give him a shirt, and he's like, all right, I'm gonna head out. And yeah, well, it's like it's like Dobby. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, those were my awful brownie voices. I hope you guys loved every terrible second and how they were all slightly different. I don't know how I managed that, (laughs) but (laughs) it happened. So as a quick reminder, if you want to create some type of art inspired by this creature or the one Ryan's going to discuss, check out our Instagram for our episode drawing prompts, because we want to see what you create, and you can tag us in it. And now, let's hear a quick word from our sponsors. Trying to get a non-blurry photo of Bigfoot isn't easy. It takes hours of researching, mapping its location, and tracking the cryptid down. So when you do finally get that crisp picture of Bigfoot, you'll want to frame it for all the world to see. And what better way to frame it than by heading over to FrameBridge. FrameBridge has a wonderful selection of custom frames to pick from, and it's so easy to work with. All you have to do is pick a custom frame, upload or mail your artwork using their free prepaid mailer, and your frame is then built and sent right to your doorstep. And let's just say while getting this photo of Bigfoot, you stumble upon a piece of bark with his claw marks on it. Well, with FrameBridge, you can send it in and get that framed as well. They easily frame 3D objects from an embroidered gift to your favorite alluring podcast tea, 
or even an award for getting the first non-blurry photo of Bigfoot. From pictures to 3D objects, they got you covered. And one of my absolute favorite features from Framebridge is the gallery wall creator. Simply upload a collection of your own photos and customize one of their many expertly designed layouts in just a few minutes. They will then send you the framed artwork, hardware, and a life-sized hanging guide. So what are you waiting for? Go to our website, alluring.com sponsors and click on the Framebridge banner today. Again, go to our website, alluring.com sponsors and click on the Framebridge banner and get framing today. All right, we're back. Weren't those great ads? Every time I feel moved. <laughs> All right. Well, I am here to tell you about dwarves. Um, there's what there, on God's green earth? Those is are that? dwarves. So there's a That's lot a of um, dwarf stories. Obviously, it's in many different like Germanic cultures. So we're gonna focus specifically today on the Norse mythology of dwarves. So dwarves are creatures and skillful beings in North mythology. They came into existence from the rotting flesh of the giant Ymir after being killed by Odin. So that's what you would see pictured for our uh, okay, video listeners. Okay. So dwarves essentially <laughs> started off as little maggots coming out of a giant. Ugh, no. Okay, cool. I hate everything. Yeah. I can't. I can't do it with the crawly or the... (laughs) So, when the Aesir, which is basically, like, the original gods, Odin, Freya, Tyr, um, he saw them, and they're like, we can make these guys into, like, human-like creatures. So, they they made them (laughs) human-like, gave them intelligence. Um, so as we mentioned, dwarves are skilled craftsmen and that they've crafted some of the best objects in the world. The two dwarves, Broker and Eitri, are the ones who made Odin's ring, Thor's hammer, Freya's ship, uh, but we're going to discuss that uh, later on. So, So did they see the heads of these creatures on the, the maggots and they're like, mm. Let me play God like I exactly. am for one moment. Yeah. They Ugh. they saw potential for so without going into like uh, the entire North myth- mythology after and correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. Um, after Odin killed Ymir, basically that giant is what became like the world. So, um, yeah. Oh. So um. Oh, that's cool. As I mentioned, dwarves are mentioned as being short, small, and often pitch black in appearance, which is quite different from, like, the muscular, stoic dwarves with big muscles that you see in, like, modern, like, Tolkien movies. And uh, they come from a place called Svalt... I'm gonna, I'm gonna butcher this. Svartalheim, one of the nine realms of North mythology. Um... <laughs> You said that. I looked at that on my brain. Just had dial-up noise come through. So most uh, modern 
like the look of modern dwarves comes from Lord of the Rings. So Tolkien, that's where all of the like buff dwarves with big beards come from. But yeah, before that they were, I mean, almost like brownies, like, or like dark elves, you know, like really skinny, really like malnourished, like pitch black. Uh, yeah. Um, and I just, uh, what were you in that one game we were playing? Were you, uh, we're playing a game about dungeons and dungeons and maybe there was dragons in it. Yeah. But not <laughs> well, at the same time. But not at the same time. Cause they copyright a lot of stuff and we're a small podcast. <laughs> were you, were you a dwarf fighter? Is that I what was it a was? dwarf barbarian? which is okay, very cause... different from oh. these Nordic dwarves because they, yeah. yeah. Okay, because that's, that's what I think of, is like that character you had, which is a lot like the one from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and that's too. where most like modern dwarves come from. That or like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, like that's what people picture more so. Okay. Um... And they're the like the place they come from, Svartle Svartalfheim. I'm say it wrong every time. Technically like translates to like the land of dark elves. So there's a good chance in the original oh. mythology that dwarves are dark elves. Um that oh, kind of just took on okay. a role of their own as uh people started writing about them in modern times. Are, I think like all these tiny creatures come from elves. Yeah, yeah, they're all. I mean, they all have very similar um, upbringings, you know. Weird. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Okay, that's <laughs> fine. I don't know how I feel about that. So I have a, so obviously the dwarves are who made Thor's hammer and all the cool things that the like Norse gods have. So I have the story of how all these were made. Um, okay, I'm just going to catch my breath. It's going to be a wall. Okay. One, yeah. right so now. one day, <laughs> one day, Loki the trickster found himself in an especially mischievous mood and cut off the gorgeous golden hair of Sif, the wife of Thor. When Thor learned of this, um, no. yeah, very rude. Sorry, I'm going to stop right now. Do not cut another person's hair. Like, no, no it's not a prank. It's not funny. You're a dick. Especially okay, the wife sorry. of the god of thunder. <laughs> <laughs> why why would why would you be like oh i know what prank my brother's gonna find funny if i cut his wife's hair <laughs> don't do that so, i'll yeah. i'll never i i just like a quick antidote i know you just started i will never forget in um what was it middle school or junior high i think it was middle school when i was I won't say what school I was going to, but I will never forget. I was in math class and this girl, she's kind of a jerk, but like her hair was braided and it was long and she would like throw it on the boy's desk behind her. And he was done. One day he was done and they're in the black of the classroom and he cut her braid. He got like oh, no. a good, like, 
10 inches of it off. I've never seen pure chaos in my life till I witnessed that moment. That child's name so, was Loki. That child's <laughs> name was <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> anyway, don't do it. Oh, don't do it. Okay. So obviously <laughs> this pissed Thor off, who threatened to break every bone in Loki's body. An understandable response. Good. However, Loki pleaded with the Thunder God to let him go down to where the dwarves are and uh perfect basically hire some dwarves to create these like masterpiece um so there he was able to obtain what he desired the sons of dwarfs ill i mean i said all these right before and i was like i got it ivaldi forget <laughs> the son of the dwarf ivaldi <laughs> forgot not only a new head of hair Forge not only a head of hair for Sif, but also two marvels, Skin Blender, which was a sail that always caught wind and can be folded into the pocket, and Gungnir, which was a spear very similar to Thor's hammer, Mjolnir. So you know, they they helped Loki out way more than they needed to. See, and Loki could have stopped right there, right? Because he did what he said. Right. But no. Having accomplished his task, Loki was overcome by an urge to remain in the caves of the dwarves and revel in more recklessness. He approached the brothers, Brokir, uh, the ones we mentioned, (laughs) right? No, it's like, okay, it's like Thor's in a car and his brother is like, oh, I'm going to pop one of the tires. Mm-hmm. And Loki pops the tire of the car. And Thor's like, go ask the dwarves to give me a new tire. And then he goes to the dwarves and the dwarves are like, here's a new tire. Hey, you know what else we got for you? We got a piece of cake. We got some wine for you. You know what? We'll make the woman happy. We got some Bon Jovi tunes, you know? And they gave it to him. And he was like, you know what? Fuck you guys for helping me out so well. So he (laughs) approached the brothers, Brokir and Itri, and taunted them, saying that he wasn't sure the brothers could ever forge three new creations equal to the sons of Ivaldi. In fact, he bet his head on their lack of ability. Obviously, they accepted the wager. So So they got working. Um... As they worked, a fly, who was, of course, Loki, disguised as a fly, stung (laughs) Itri's hand when the dwarf was pulling his creation out of the fire. It was a living boar with golden hair. Um, It gave off light in the dark and could run better than any horse on water or air. So basically, they crafted a golden boar for them to ride. Loki tried to stop him. Didn't work. Itri then set another piece of gold on the fire as Brokir worked the bellows. The fly bit Brokir on the neck and Sinji drew out a magnificent ring. Drupnir from the ring. Every nine nights, eight new gold rings fall off of equal weight. So it's just a ring. Keeps making rings. So each Is that where the rings from Sonic the Hedgehog come from? Yeah, exactly where they come from, actually. (laughs) I mean, that almost seems they, inconvenient. They, like, every nine nights, you have eight rings. You got to figure out what to do with them. <laughs> well, 
Sonic's got a train. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, for their final thing, Itri then put Iron to the hearth and told Broker that for this next task, they must be especially meticulous, for a mistake would be more costly than with the previous two projects. Loki then immediately stung Broker in the eye so that he could not see, <laughs> preventing him from properly seeing his work. Eitri produced a hammer of unsurpassed quality, which never missed its mark and would boomerang back off its own after being thrown, but it had one flaw. The handle was short because Eitri couldn't oh, see. Um, Eitri was very mad that he uh, r- almost ruined this piece, which they called Mjolnir. Nevertheless, sure of its great worth of their three treasures, Eitri and Broker made their way to Asgard to claim the wages that were due to them. Good. So... They need workers' comp with that, Yeah, that's too, what I'm saying. After all those damage. <laughs> Loki's, like... Yeah, he, like, bets these... Loki's he's a, a dick. dick. Yeah, I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like even, like, when... With Marvel... A lot of people thirsted after Loki. I'm like, but he's a yeah. dick, you guys. Does like no one realize he w- he would cut your hair? This is what it is. You would be dating him, and one day he'd just cut your hair because it's a prank, mm-hmm. and it's funny. Then he'd hire some people to no. make you a wig, and then say, "I'm gonna trick some other people into making you something as well." So Loki, <laughs> and then he'll make those people exactly. Blind. <laughs> So Loki made it to the halls of the gods before the dwarves and presented the marvels he had acquired. To Thor he gave Seif's new hair and the hammer Mjolnir. To Odin went the ring Drupnir and the spear Gungnir. And Freya was happy to receive Skinbladnir, which was the sail, and Gulbristi, which was the boar, the golden boar. Um, as grateful as the gods were to receive these gifts, especially Mjolnir, which for Saul would be very important in their battle against the giants, which is a whole nother story. Uh, they nevertheless concluded that Loki owed the dwarves his head. Um, however, when the dwarves approached Loki to take his head, Loki pointed out, where does the head begin on my neck? You know, like you can't cut my head off because I don't owe you my neck, just my head. Um, so, uh, they settled on just sewing his mouth shut and returned to their forge. <laughs> Which I love that. Well, I, I like that. That's petty. Mm-hmm. I like the petty. Exactly. He was like, well, he's like, I got no neck. Yeah, what, where... you gonna, what you gonna do? How are you gonna work with this? And they're like, shut mm-hmm. up. I want to shut yep. him up. They're like, you can shut him up. Do it. And they're like, yeah, we're, we're going to do that. That's the one we want yeah. to do. <laughs> and here's, a, here's the like slide that. with like the walkthrough of it. I forgot to show it. But uh, yeah, I, I, I like oh, how different like cool. they're not these like big buff like hammer wielding dudes you see from like Lord of the Rings. They're, they're honestly, they're kind of like, yeah, like pixies or like brown. They're, they're tiny little guys. So yeah. I like that. It's the, they feel a lot like the ancestors of brownies to me. Yeah, because yeah, they, way. they're really hard workers. They're really proud of their mm-hmm. work, you know. Yeah, I love that. Oh, okay. So, da, 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 da. um, sorry, I wasn't ready. No, I wasn't, I wasn't either. Ready at all. We'll cut that. Go back. <laughs> rewind. 
but well i i loved your story i thought it was really cool because i always thought of dwarves as like the from that magical game we play with Mm -hmm. dice rocks and stuff but oh well anyway before we go into our alluring chart we do have a quick announcement um when this episode is out we will have a new collection of merch in our shop known as the uh, alluring tarot collection so it's whimsical and cryptid inspired and we hope you guys love it as much as us plus we have a bunch of other great merch on there so you can get something stylish and support the podcast i have made the art for it so it also means a lot in my little artist heart and you can go check it out at alluring.com shop today yeah and then it was and this collection was also ryan's idea which is what makes it so fun have the ideas none of the artistic abilities <laughs> <laughs> but it's really fun i there's so you can wear one you can wear me you can wear ryan you can wear our pets or you can wear all mm-hmm. three of us which doesn't sound weird or creepy Ow. at all <laughs> okay. and then Finally, we will end on our alluring alignment compass. So, um, I I put it as more like a neutral good because they don't really follow any laws. And they're not chaotic. They're just people that are kind-hearted, you know. But that's how I felt. I, my opinion of brownies after reading the story has not changed. <laughs> Because sometimes it does. Um, so I, I kind of, I couldn't figure it out. So I, I left mine here on the side. Um, <laughs> because they, they're kind of, they just like kind of vibe, you know? Like they're not necessarily, I think they're just like, they're the most pure neutral thing I could think about. Because, I mean, yeah. they do have their uh, moments of like being bad but then they also most of the time they're just being messed with by like the odin and thor and loki and they're kind of trapped so um i I, i'm gonna go with um neutral like right smack dab in the middle true neutral i don't think i can neutral (laughs) yeah true neutral okay no we had some we had some delightful little folk today yeah. quite literally tiny little tiny but mighty <laughs> oh tiny but <laughs> mighty that will be the episode <laughs> title because <laughs> i love it <laughs> well thank you guys so much for listening this has been alluring have an alluring day and we'll catch you in the next episode bye bye and that's all for this episode of alluring Thank you for taking a seat around the campfire and listening. If you want more Loring, go check out our website, Loring.com. That's A-L-O-R-E-I-N-G.com. You can also find us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. If you have any questions, folklore, cryptid sightings, or urban legend you would like us to discuss, email us at alluring at gmail.com. If you like this show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to help support us and spread the word. Special thanks to Lane Hammonds for our music. If you'd like to show your support and have access to bonus content not posted anywhere else, visit our Patreon page today at patreon.com slash
and help us keep the firewood burning. Bye-bye now.